Welcome, everybody, to She's All Booked, a podcast for book lovers and avid readers. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Alex. We're two cousins who are also best friends who love to read. Yeah. Chat about and analyze. Sometimes overanalyze. The books we're currently reading. Sometimes we're on the same page. And sometimes our pages differ. But either way, we always have an opinion about what we've read. By the way, we're real people. With real families. So you may hear cats. Dogs. Birds. Babies. Or husbands. So enjoy the bonus material. Now let's get booked. Booked. Listeners, stick around at the end of this episode for some bloopers and bonus content. Hey, 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 listeners, if you're enjoying our podcast, please give us a five star review on Apple, Spotify or your preferred streaming service to help us reach more listeners and spread the word about our podcast. Before we get started, we want to include some trigger warnings. This book and the following discussion will include topics of suicide, death, homophobia, sexual assault, and domestic abuse. So please be aware of that before you proceed. As a reminder, we will have a non-spoiler discussion first, and we'll announce when we will be getting into the spoiler portion of our discussion beforehand. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. Hi, Jess. Hi. Hi. Hi, Alex. Hi. I feel like I I haven't talked to you in a while, even though I saw you yesterday, but there are so many people, it's not the same. So I know. (laughs) And, and, And we just had a 35 minute conversation before we started this it's usual. true so, yeah which was actually good for us we were proud of ourselves usually it's longer yeah, it's true usually it's around the hour mark yeah and then we're like all right let's get started <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah like alex said uh, we had a brunch with family yesterday which was really nice mm-hmm. and uh it was great we love having these like breakfast brunchy parties mm-hmm. i can have a brunch or a breakfast party at night and be satisfied by the yeah. way yeah. Breakfast foods are the best foods. I will accept no criticism on that. Um, <laughs> that is a fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, and, and everything was really yummy. So we had yeah. a good one. There was a lot of food choices yesterday. There was a lot of food. Yeah, it was good, though. Everything was very good. Yeah. yeah, it was. And then for some reason, I, I had to have chocolate. So I made a chocolate cake and the chocolate cake slid all over the car, by the way, while <laughs> Doug was driving. Damn it, Doug. Um, I know. <laughs> He was like whipping turns and he was like, Jack, you like me whipping this turn? And I was like, my cake. <laughs> and I knew it was going to be wrecked. And he's like, oh, it's fine. And then the second we got out, I was like, look at it. <laughs> I slid off. I was like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I still taste the same. I was like, but it doesn't look pretty anymore. Yeah. Um, My cakes and my pies, I, you know, I, I, I take pride in making yeah. them look pretty. And yeah. this one was sad yeah (laughs) it's fine it's all right everybody (laughs) knew it was because of doug and not because of you they better have i made sure that was known okay (laughs) i was like he was whipping he was whipping turns it's funny too i don't know if if rob does that too like guys just if you have things in the car like specifically my husband will make sure that he just drives extra reckless if there's things in the back and i'll just hear my things going back and forth in the trunk and i'm like (laughs) you know i'm gonna have food mashed potatoes all over the place like you need to calm down and drive slower does this happen to you or is this just me? No, it's actually more the opposite. 
So <laughs> it's I, you. But, you and Doug are the same. Yeah. Rob <laughs> Rob drives professionally for a living. So he's actually a really good driver. And I think I give him anxiety when I drive, <laughs> to be honest. He's always like, oh my God, there's a car. Do you see the brake lights? And he's like, there's a stop sign. There's a red light. <laughs> He'll like hold on sometimes. Yesterday he was like, this is why you're going to need new brakes soon. Why, what are you doing with the brakes? Why are you doing it so hard for no reason? <laughs> It's like, I don't know, it's just how I drive. <laughs> Stop critiquing at my driving. At one point, he was like, how fast are you going? <laughs> I'm not even going to say how fast. I'm not going to say how, how fast, fast I was going. Where are you going? It was very fast. I'm not gonna Why it are you on, going to say it on air. You know, because I like, <laughs> I just like to, I don't know why. I just was, okay? I was on the parkway. I was going for a straight shot. It was just, there was nobody in my way. And I wanted to get where I was going. I'm an impatient person. I like to do things quick, you know, and driving mm-hmm. is is the same. So so you, you were whipping the turns. I We didn't really have that many turns, but yeah, I guess a little bit. I so would you have would have wrecked my cake, too. That's that's what I'm getting. Well, at so here's the thing. When I make stuff and I'm the one who's driving, I'll make Rob hold it. And, oh. and he'll be annoyed. And I'm like, but we can't. I'll be like, we can't put it in the back or in the trunk because it'll get all messed up. And he's like, I mean, why do I have to hold it, though? I'm like, because. I will ruin it. <laughs> My driving. Yeah, but it, I I had literally baked the uh, the French toast before I came. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it would still be hot. Mm-hmm. So it would have burned like a hole in my lap. That's he's. I he's have com- to. I have to keep that in the back. <laughs> he's complained of that before. He'll be like, "But it's really hot." I'm like, "Put something down. Put a blanket down. I don't care." <laughs> something cool. Something like that, though. It's not going to like mess it up, really. You know what I mean? Like that can go yeah. in the trunk and it'll be fine. It's more like the desserty type stuff, like for Christmas and the holidays. So okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the reason why I might as well just tell a little announcement, but the reason why we got together with the family yesterday and had a little brunch uh, was so that me and Doug could announce that we're having another baby. Yay. So exciting. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long journey for us. I won't get into details, but it's been a long time coming. So we're yeah. pretty excited. Yeah. And we were excited to share it with everybody. So. Yes. Yeah. But it's been like an action packed weekend for me. Okay. Like nonstop with the delicious foods. And on Saturday, I went to a baby shower and the mom-to-be, her mom makes eclairs from scratch, Mm. Alex. Yummy. I don't even really like, I don't love pastries. Like I'm not the type of person to be like, I need a pastry, (laughs) you know, but if it's there and like there's nothing else, I'll try one. I'll Mm. dabble, you know? Okay, you'll dabble Um, in the pastries. I'll dabble. (laughs) But like there happened to be these eclairs and everybody was raving. They were like, did you try the eclairs? And I was like, no, Mm. you know, and I probably would never have grabbed one too, to be honest with you but i just kept hearing about them to the point where i was like fine you know I'll go yeah you have to try a homemade eclair come on i didn't know Are you a monster homemade at first oh and then when i went to go grab one my well it was hallie who's been on the show yes. uh hallie's having a baby too <laughs> Yay, hallie. and it was her baby shower <laughs> uh hallie's mom makes the best eclairs ever uh I was going to grab one and somebody told me that had her mom made them. And I was like, oh, now I definitely want to eat it. You know, mm. it was amazing. Like when I tell you amazing bakery like delight. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know. The woman's a magician. Declares. <laughs> yeah, they were they were that good. So good nice. that I had to bring them up. OK, I know that we're like not really like, you know, books with cooks anymore. 
but we still appreciate food up here. Okay. Yeah. So I had to like, you know, give a shout out to the eclairs. <laughs> uh, so Hal, you know, thank your mom for making amazing eclairs. And uh, I want that recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. That's that. That's yeah. final. No. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know how, but I have to get an eclair from her to you so you could try it. Yes, I would love to try one. I like eclairs. Yeah. I like pastries a lot, actually. I uh, I'm not really a cake person, but I like yeah. I really like pastries. I like eclairs. I like cream puffs. Cream puffs are amazing. Mm, oh, cream puffs. I love those. Don't count. Um, They're like in their own category. Uh, those sfig- the sfigadels. Love the sfigadels them. are good. So oh good. my god. I had one Cannolis, in Italy. come on. Actually, you had one with me in Italy. Yes. It was amazing. Yes, it was very good. And it was like at the airport, which airport food's usually not great. And it was still amazing. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, lots of food eating. So I kind of like didn't want to eat at all today. Yeah. I was like, I'm full. Yeah. There's a lot of food yesterday. Yeah, for the last two days, I've just been nonstop with all the food around. This Friday, we're going to be celebrating Valentine's Day. Oh, we're going to yeah. go see the Trolls yeah. movie. I'm looking forward no, to that. No, we're not going to see the Trolls movie. Oh, we're not seeing the Trolls movie? It's, Why? It's not in the theater anymore. Oh, shit. Really? What was it in the theater for like a day? What the f- I know. I don't know. <laughs> but it's not there. I checked. Uh, and now oh. they, they, you can't book it that far in advance or something? Or I would have bought tickets mm. already. Uh, but apparently there's other things. I think there's also uh, the musical version of Mean Girls. Which oh, I do kind of want to see has that. has potential. That is actually a really so good Valentine's we'll Day. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of like the is. perfect Valentine's Day movie. I know. I, I, I mean, Happy movie. Death Day, like 75 would be even better <laughs> if it was in the movies. Yeah. But it's not. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of the last thing, this is one of the things I wanted to mention. So uh, when we were recording this yesterday was the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I wanted nothing to do with the Super Bowl. Doug made me, not really made me, but I, I kind of just to support him because mm-hmm. he bet. So I was like, all uh, right, well, let's do it. Let's who did he? Who did he bet on? No, he bet like boxes, oh, so he had right. numbers. Okay. So he had like if at the end of the the quarter, right? They're quarters. At the yeah. end of a quarter, um, I hate football, so don't don't go by me. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. I'm more of a basketball, baseball, really don't care about sports, chick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like hockey. I like hockey. <laughs> but yeah, football. No matter how much he tries to explain to me, I just uh, I don't get it. Mm. I don't get it. Uh, it's very confusing. So anyway, I was watching with him. He he bet boxes. So it was like numbers after each quarter, like the scores or whatever. Then he would, you know, get paid. He actually, he's been with the same two people. They do a pool for the last four years. They win every year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not like astronomical or anything how much, mm-hmm. but he still wins every year. He gets excited. Yeah. So I, I, I actually, the only thing I like about the Super Bowl usually is the commercials. And they kind of weren't great this year, in my opinion. I didn't see the commercials. I don't really care about the commercials. I do usually look forward to the halftime show if it's somebody that I enjoy. I did not see the performance yet for this year, but I kind of want to see did. it. Was it good? It was Usher. It was yeah. Usher. All right. So Usher. here's my deal. I, it's yeah. No. I don't have. So I've heard things about uh, you know on the conspiracy train about Usher that I'm not a fan of. Okay, oh, but we won't okay. go there. Okay. But. I will say that back in the day, I was a big Usher fan. Yeah. You know, I loved Usher's uh, first album that he came out with. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of his songs are really good. You know, uh, got me feeling it. <laughs> you know, I, li- I like I like his songs. Yeah. Uh, so I thought he did a pretty good job. He was doing a little moonwalk action. Uh, mm-hmm. At one point, he came out and he was rollerblading and Ooh. dancing. And I, 
that was impressive. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. The whole time I was like, I don't know. You know, do you think that this is good? I was like, me and you can't do any of that. So <laughs> I think that this is excellent. <laughs> Tug was like, no big uh, deal. I could totally do that. <laughs> no, no, there's no way. Um, but but the best part was uh, randomly Alicia Keys came out and I'm a big Alicia oh, Keys fan. Yeah. Um, she came out on the piano and she was singing and she her voice is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I was very happy that she I was like, Alicia, you know, <laughs> he, Doug was so mad. He was like, oh, they put makeup on her because you know how she's like yeah, anti makeup she, and she goes natural all the time. She's always natural. He loves that. Yeah. He loves that about her. He calls her one of his girlfriends. He has we have oh. he has girlfriends and I have boyfriends that are celebrities and that we know okay. that are not real, but it's fine. OK, but one of his girlfriends is makeupless Alicia Keys. Okay. He does not like makeup Alicia Keys. <laughs> OK. <laughs> I don't know why. Interesting. Um, so so he was in the kitchen making me tea, which was nice mm-hmm. of him because mm-hmm. he does not care about the Super Bowl halftime show. I do. Yeah. So I'm watching it and I'm like, Alicia Keys is here. And he was like, what? I was like, it's your <laughs> girlfriend. Hurry up. And the second he came in, he's like, oh, they put makeup on her. <laughs> like, oh, my yeah, God. She's doing the halftime show. What do you expect? Yeah. I don't know. It was funny. And then um, somebody else came out that I don't know on a guitar. Uh her maybe h-e-r i don't think i know i don't think i know her i don't know her i don't know her (laughs) i don't know her literally yeah well i i really that's funny yeah Uh, i really i don't know her uh but she was rocking on that guitar i will say that oh interesting i want to watch it it. i'm gonna google it later it was visually like appealing i thought it was a little too long i will say that oh okay uh and obviously, it's for me not going to top last year, which was Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Fifty Cent, because I was literally on my feet dancing last year. Yeah. <laughs> it it was it was for the uh, for the millennial peeps. Yes. I just you know yeah I was loving that. Did you watch that last year? I did. I saw it like a couple days later. It was good. I liked it. Yeah, and Dr. Dre was there. I think too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was good. I mean, it was some old time songs that we love. And I was yeah. just like, up there like dancing to it and I couldn't get enough of it. So that wasn't long enough. But this one was too long. I saw a funny meme today, actually, that said the best part of being a millennial is being old enough to start enjoying the halftime show. <laughs> and I thought that was so hilarious. I was like, that is the most accurate thing I've yes, ever seen. It is, tr- it is true, right? Because yeah. um, last year we had some old timers that I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, this year, Usher, really? Come on. Usher hasn't made a, a single in how long? In like 20 what? years. And of course, <laughs> Little John time. came out, right? Did he? For yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I knew that was coming, but that was a good one too. I I, I was kind of, you know, in my seat dancing yeah. to that one a little bit because I think that's his best song. Yeah. Uh, but actually, no yeah, well, way. He did sing one of, no way. He did sing one of my favorite songs that I didn't expect. Which uh, one? He had Confessions on there. You know okay. that. And he's yeah. not Confessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expected that. But I didn't expect him to do it. It's seven o'clock on the dot. I'm in my okay. top. And I love yeah. that song. And I was like, yes. <laughs> my um, my two favorite oh. songs by him are You Got It Bad and You Remind you Me. You Got It, You Got It Bad. Yes, I love that song. And You Remind Me, you remind of, me a of a Girl. I love that song. That I to. I, by the way, him and Alicia sang You'll Always Be My Boo. Which I didn't mm-hmm. even know was that. Is that it? was old. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think you'll enjoy it. Watch it. Later. Yeah, I want to. Wa- I'm going to watch it. I just haven't had a chance to yet. So I'm excited. 
I'm looking forward yeah. to it. I'm I'm just wondering why it's all like these, you know, old school nineties peeps. Because I mean, I'm not complaining. The, think about it. When we when we were younger, <laughs> all of the performers were like older people that like our parents no. enjoyed. And now Oh yeah, okay. Well, you know? I enjoyed them too. First of all, the best I will say this. The I watch every Super Bowl performance. Uh, like I've watched all of them. Okay. Uh, my okay. favorite of all time. And I don't know if I didn't watch this live or anything, but I've watched it after the fact. And mm-hmm. I recommend to everyone the best Super Bowl performance of all time. Hands down. Hard to beat is Prince. Oh. Prince sang Purple Rain in mm-hmm. the rain. <laughs> okay. You can't top that, man. Okay. okay? Uh, he, so they told him they were like, we should cancel it. You shouldn't go on. And he was like, no. No, the people want this. And he went out. <laughs> you know, he said it all princey, you know? Yeah. And um, and then he was like, no, the people want this. And then he went out and he sang it in the freaking rain. Yeah. And I just mad respect for that. Yeah. You have to watch it. It's so good. I love that song. I have to, also. Yeah. And I'm I'm a big Prince fan. So Yeah. Uh but that that my that in my opinion was really good. And I think mm-hmm. when we were a little younger too, didn't Britney come out with like Aerosmith or something? Aerosmith and and Sync. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty dope too. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say that that was your favorite. No, Prince Because <laughs> I, I know you love uh, Aerosmith and Britney. So. No, Prince gets props for for doing a, a song about rain in the rain. I just... Yeah. You can't plan that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so I, Prince. If anybody could, Prince could. If anybody could plan it, it would be Prince. <laughs> yes, it would be. I need you to rain. Yes. And then we just rain, like, you know. Just like snaps his fingers. It's like, you know what this could use? A little more pizzazz. Snap the rain. Right? Nobody, nobody was more Prince than Prince. Right? Yeah. Like, it just makes sense. Yeah. Like, it just makes sense if you know Prince. Like, he just comes out and he's like, I'm Prince. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. The world the world is a little less fun and funky without him. Mm. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a legend. Yeah. But as far as the game went, I couldn't tell you. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, except that I thought it was highly predictable that the, the Chiefs would win, as we had this discussion yesterday. Yeah. Uh, we were all complaining and bitching about the fact that we're so sick of Taylor Swift. It's not has nothing to do with her personally. It's just that like she's getting thrown in our face constantly, and her yeah. boyfriend, what's his name, Kelsey. Yeah. I hate them both at the moment. <laughs> I'll still listen to Taylor when she comes up on my mm-hmm. shuffle, but you know, I just I don't want to I don't want to see them constantly. That's all. Yeah. Uh. And it's not it's like I'll go on like X or I'll go on like social media and like I'm constantly bombarded with them. And I'm like, I don't want to see them today. Yeah. I don't care about how wardrobe malfunctions and stuff like that. Why am I seeing this? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's just me bitching. Okay. (laughs) But yeah. So other than that, it was very predictable. I knew that they were going to (laughs) win. Okay. (laughs) Um, And you know what? Today I've been bombarded on social media constantly. Anytime I've gone on to the point where I just get right off. Mm-hmm. Um, about how uh, the game was fixed and all these little things that they show, like these different little plays about how the the refs didn't call it for for one team, but they called it for the other. Mm. And I mean, really, the the refs can easily just call the yeah. game. Yeah. But Doug Doug said that uh, a lot of people, so many people expected them to win that that I think Vegas lost a lot of money or something. Oh shit! Really? Um, I don't think they ever lose money, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, you know, that's his area. I'll let him talk about that on Thursday. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure he will. Yeah. Sure he will. Um, yeah. At one I, point, I think it was like the third quarter after the super, the halftime show. I was like, I'm going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch it at all. I 
I didn't really see anything about it this morning, but I, I think I just honestly probably scrolled through it. If I did, <laughs> I'm just like, what is this yeah. football? I don't care. But my mom told me, cause I spoke with her on the phone this morning and she said that the the chiefs, right. Was it the chiefs? Yeah. Yeah. The chiefs. That's that they were like losing the whole game. And then they ended up winning at like the last minute. And I was like, okay. I was like, I don't care. I was like, why are you telling yeah. me? <laughs> Predictable. Yeah. I don't we mind you telling me. I just like, I don't care about who won the Super Bowl at all. <laughs> um, what I will say, because apparently they love throwing this Kelsey guy in my face because of Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. uh, is that he had a, a very sad outfit on. A very sad sad he wasn't wearing his uniform no no before the super bowl he had a super bowl outfit on uh and it was glittery and i I, and you know i love my blim my bling and stuff Mm. even i i was like nah man it's too much i have to look it up that sounds hilarious actually no you need to see it it's it's ridiculous i have to show it to you it's everywhere okay (laughs) um i will make sure that you see it all right. Actually, don't let me forget when we're done recording, be like, send me the Kelsey glitz. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll um, shut up now. I promise. We'll, we'll talk about what we need to talk about. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but if you did, if you did bet um, and you won, congrats. Yay. And, uh, hey, you. If you lost, though, sorry. Yeah. Uh, better luck next year. Yeah. And uh, maybe we don't. Maybe don't anymore. I don't know. Uh, gambling is an issue. We we don't support that. All right. All right. Let's get into our word of the day. <laughs> uh, she's all money Alex's advice. Favorite word. Yes. Yeah. She's she's all non gambling. <laughs> she's all one eight hundred gambling alerts. All right. I'm done. All right. Today's word of the day is cumbrous. Pronounced cumbrous. It's an adjective and it means hard to handle or manage. For example, the delivery man had a tough had a tough time getting that cumbrous package to our front door. Mm, this whole word is a that's what she said. Uh, it's it's even- kind of spelled almost like cumbros, but with <laughs> you know what I mean. Cumbrous. Cumbrous. It is cumbrous. <laughs> Oh, it really is, guys. I'm sorry about this <laughs> word. Uh, wow. Well, anyway, there you have it. Come bro us. Uh, yeah. Do you have an example for it? I do. I do. Yes, but I, just I can't have to wait say, to hear it. I have to say that's what she said down to what it means even. Hard to handle or manage. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have one that relates to the book. Uh, I would have to say that Evelyn at many times is cumbrous uh, mm. in this book um but behind the scenes maybe the most hmm okay all right also cumbrous that's what she said that's what she said i have an example that does not have to do with this book (laughs) i'm scared (laughs) uh that dick is kind of (laughs) cumbrous you got a cumbrous dick i knew you were gonna say something like that I knew it. I knew it was coming. (laughs) But yes, I I mean, an example from the book. (laughs) I think actually your example was pretty perfect that Evelyn was pretty cumbrous. I think maybe the Hollywood scene is kind of cumbrous for those who don't have a strong backbone. Mm. I think Don Adler was a a cumbrous husband. Hmm. Hmm. Just a man. I think I love this word and I think I'm going to definitely use it all the time. 
Okay. I can't shorten this one though. Why are you being so- no, don't please don't. <laughs> why are you be- why are you being so cummy? Uh <laughs> why are you being don't so be cumbrous? Su- don't be such a cumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we like this word. This yeah. is a good word. <laughs> it is, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, here's some here's some trivia, some trivia. Um, by the 15th century, cumbrous meant difficult to handle or awkward because of shape or size. That's what she said. That is what she said. <laughs> also, that's literally what Franny the Puck said. <laughs> no, but come on. Come on. Difficult to handle or awkward because of shape or size. Yeah. And, and, yeah. It has, and, and it's spelled like this. I, I just can't. Yeah. <sighs> Who made up this word is what I need to know. <laughs> Who was that person? Because I, I want to go back in time and shake that person's hands. Yeah. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> Thank you for your contributions to society. <laughs> uh, me and my cousin have horrible minds, and we appreciate you and your contribution. Thank yes. you. Yes. <laughs> anyway, it's it's cumbrous. Use it today. Use it every day. <laughs> All right. Just day. don't try to be it, because no one likes yes. that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Don't be cumbrous. All right. No. Oh my god. <sighs> I know. All right. Well, you know the book that we're doing this week, right? Oh, you don't. Okay. Well, the book that we're doing this week is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reed. And this book follows two women, an unknown reporter named Monique, who's trying to make a name for herself at a prestigious magazine called Vivant, and recluse Hollywood icon Evelyn Hugo when Hugo summons Monique to document the secrets of her life. As Monique listens to Hugo's past, she unravels a mesmerizing journey which transports her into the glamour of old Hollywood and helps strengthen who she is as she battles personal obstacles in the present day. The story parallels two women that though have experienced different histories, each struggle with what it means and what it costs to face the truth. Right. So the seven husbands of... Evelyn Hugo was written by Taylor Jenkins Reid, who is a New York Times bestselling author of seven novels, including Malibu Rising, Daisy Jones and the Six, and The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which alone has sold over two million copies worldwide. Also, fun fact, it is, I believe, being made into a film that's going to be available, I think, on Netflix, but I'm not sure when that's set to come out, but just keep an eye out for that yeah. and she currently resides in los angeles with her husband and their daughter a film or a show because i could see this as a show but like maybe I, a mini series i believe it's supposed to be a film but okay. who knows maybe they'll start it out as that and then transform it i didn't really like look into it i just happened to see it <laughs> i'm definitely gonna watch it because it's probably gonna be really good on the screen i think it'll be really I think it'll be a really good film. I, I agree with yeah. you, though. I think it might be better as a movie because they could get, I, I'm sorry, better as a TV show because they can get more in depth with some of the storylines and really explore them on the screen. Definitely. I feel like in a movie, they'll probably gloss over some things. But Well, that's what they always that's do. That's what they always movies. do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and with this book in particular, we'll just start jumping into the book talk here. But in this book in particular, I mean, I have to say this is my first Taylor uh, Jenkins Reid novel. I, I do want to read other novels of her. I still want to after reading this book, which is good. I love her writing. I think she's so in-depth. Mm-hmm. Um, all of her characters are super complex, like you were saying yesterday. And they're just that you get so much information and to the point where you're like, how does she fit all this information in one page? You know, she's just so yeah. good at it. Yeah. Um, I, I think she's really 
great at making characters. I think her characters are really compelling. Uh, and I, I really am looking forward to reading more from her. So what do you think? I agree with you. I really enjoyed her writing. I think that the characters were extremely complex. They all felt very distinct and like real people. They seemed like they could be a real person in the real world. And I always appreciate that. I know you do too. Yeah. I enjoyed the storytelling. I thought that this book was very captivating. I know you mentioned that while you were reading it, it's like you didn't want to put it down. That's kind of how yes. I felt too. I know it's just, you kind of just fly through it. And I'm always kind of like, what's Evelyn going to do next? Like what, what kind of shenanigans is she up yeah. to next? And I just, I really enjoyed this book. I really, I liked a lot of things about it and I would definitely recommend it to people. And I would reread it. I did reread it for the podcast. I originally read it, I think in 2022. At that time, I gave it a five. After rereading it, I think I would still give it a five. I think the writing is good. The characters are good. I liked the plot. I really liked the overall themes. And I think it's a very enjoyable read. Yeah, I have to say yesterday I was giving Alex uh, kind of like a rundown of my thoughts um, before I finished it. I only had like five chapters left or whatever. It, it took me no time at all to finish it yesterday. Uh, and it's funny, too, because after the Super Bowl, I went to sleep, literally fell asleep, woke up at 2 a.m. and finished it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> so things happen. Then, you know yeah <laughs> but uh but i will say this you know you think you have her all figured out evelyn at one point you know i thought that she was just this conniving narcissist and i was like i don't know how i feel about her uh and i wasn't connected to her in any way until the end when i thought i had her all figured out and then boom she hits me with some other crazy crap and i'm like holy shit savage uh and i won't tell you what that is until we do our spoilers but at that point this book became I guess a five for me as well, because I was just like, wow, I did not see that coming. It was not predictable. Mm. And I had a new appreciation for her in so many ways. So I was just I was in awe of Evelyn Hugo. It, she was written like a true Hollywood star, the way yeah. you would be uh, starstruck by a, by a celebrity. Let's say you see them in person, you just st stand still and you're starstruck. That's how you feel about reading her life and about her. But this way you get to actually see the the underneath of, of it all. And it's interesting, too, because you do hear all these things and these rumors about how Hollywood, you know, is kind of scripted, that the show continues when they do their talk shows and all these things. You hear Jim Carrey say these things all the time that you always right. play a role, mm -hmm. you know. So and you do hear these things that go on behind the scenes, maybe with you know, a lot of minors and, and things. And everything is explored in this book to a T. I think that uh, Reed really captures Hollywood perfectly from what I would imagine it to be. Yeah. Um, especially maybe old school Hollywood. So I yeah. enjoyed that. I love old school anything. I love like <laughs> the 50s and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so that era for me, I really was getting in, into it. Yeah. And, and there's just so many layers to all of these characters that... It's like they're real exactly like Alex said. Like you really feel like you're reading like a, an autobiography, not yeah. fiction, which yeah. is cool. I think that Taylor Jenkins Reid was inspired by some real life celebrities, some real life actresses from back in the day. I don't think there was any one specific person that she based this character off of. But as you're reading it, you can kind of sit there and say to yourself like, okay, I can kind of almost imagine this being this person. I can imagine, yes. you know, and I think that the themes that she explored were really important, especially nowadays, because I think that some of this still happens today. I think that they've been making some progress and trying to address some of the patriarchy and stuff like that. But it really, I really liked the way that it really dove into it. 
and also showed it from different perspectives as well. So we saw how it affected Evelyn and how she was able to navigate that scene. But then we also saw how Celia was able to navigate that scene. And it was two very different approaches. I just thought it was very interesting. Even a side character, Ruby, we got to see her exploration. We got to see the male mm-hmm. exploration through certain um, male characters. There's this Harry, yeah. there's Don. You get to see how their uh, exploration, uh, exploration rather, through Hollywood at that time was also. Which is very interesting. I like that. I really felt like I was reading a, like historical things. Yeah. And I kind of liked that a lot. Yeah. And one thing, too, that I liked, like Alex said, you really do picture um, like, I think she did a good job visually for me. Like I would, mm. I was visually picturing everything, but I think that she maybe drew some inspiration from maybe Marilyn Monroe, maybe mm-hmm. Grace Kelly, mm-hmm. right. Cause you got the blondes going there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was picturing like a mishmash of them sometimes <laughs> and probably yeah. like what their struggles and what they went through. Um, because during that yeah. time it was hard to be a woman anywhere, mm-hmm. especially in Hollywood, you know, you're considered less than a man. The man is more desirable for a role. The man's going to get, you know paid more for the role the woman's going to be looked at like well are you going to sleep me f- with me for this role mm-hmm. and unfortunately that kind of mirrors what probably really went on so yeah sadly yeah uh but that that is what reed did she kind of threw that in your face and it got you and basically transported you there which i really liked yeah so um bravo to her writing i will say and i would yeah. re- recommend this book i thought it was very interesting Mm-hmm. Um, it does explore a lot of important topics and we'll get into that when we do the spoilers, but yeah. Yeah. No, I think I'm ready to talk about the spoilers. I Great. think, yeah, I gave my, okay. my overall thoughts and now I'm ready to talk more in depth about them. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do that. All right. So get out of here. Get out of here. If you don't want to hear the spoilers because spoilers is coming. All right. Are you still here? Get out of here. <laughs> All right. If you're still here past this point that we assume that, uh, you either just don't care, you read it, or you want to pretend that you read it. Yes. <laughs> like Alex usually says. <laughs> Which is fine. All of those are fine by us. Yeah. Um, and if, you, if you're just coming back because you just read it and you came back to us, welcome back. Okay. So there's a bunch of main characters, obviously, Evelyn Hugo and Monique Grant. Monique Grant is the reporter. Uh, she gets anonymously brought into her office by her boss, Frankie. Uh, and she's told that this big Hollywood movie star wants her specifically to do an article. An with article. Her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Frankie is basically in her face telling her, we didn't want you. We offered other people. Um, so I, I kind of want to start with Frankie. She's a small side character. Um, but what were your thoughts on her? Because I don't think I liked her very much. I, I felt like she wasn't really advocating for, you know, for women in this particular situation because Monique was a woman starting out and why wouldn't she want to encourage her? I don't know. Um, I didn't really have strong feelings on Frankie. She wasn't in the book very much. I didn't think that she was like anti-feminist. If that, no. I mean, I, I think we're supposed to assume that most of the people working there were women. So I don't think it was that she was trying to push like male journalists on this person and then right. they wanted Monique instead. So I didn't, I didn't interpret her character that way. I actually thought that she was kind of complex. She was kind of like, listen, I want you to move up. I want you to do well, but also like the job comes first. So right. I, I thought it was kind of like a tough love type of thing. And also kind of a, you're just an employee. I don't really have, like, I'm not a family member. I'm not a friend. I'm your boss. And I didn't really have a problem with that. That was just, she was her boss. I mean, that's what she was. So I didn't really care really about Frankie one way or another. 
She had a very small role, but it was very important. So kind of the whole storyline for Monique revolves around her lying, essentially, at first to Frankie to keep her job. Because when she does meet up with Evelyn, Evelyn's like, well, I don't really give a shit about Vivant to your magazine. I want you specifically, because I read some of your articles, to do a autobiography a memoir about my life and the, the realness of my life. And you can only release it when I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, wait, what? You know? Um, so yeah. at first, you know, she was afraid to mention this because she didn't want to lose her job. I mean, Evelyn could be alive for another 40 years. So the hell knows, even though she was 80. So 40 years is not going to happen. <laughs> um, but as Monique speaks with Evelyn, I feel like her character grows like immensely. She gets inspired by Evelyn. Evelyn kind of kicks her into more confidence, makes her more of a badass and want to take the lead in her life. And instead of, you know, cowering to her bosses or whatever, instead of lying, she just comes out on top and she's like, look, this is what's going. This is what she wants me for. I can get you what you want, but you got to give me something. And I really liked that. When Monique did that, I was like, badass bitch. Yes. Yes. I like that. So I was glad to see that. And I was glad that Evelyn, you know, even though she didn't want to really do the article for the for this magazine, she did it for for her. You know what I mean? She was like, sure, let's do this. That's fine. And you could pick whatever you'd like uh, to incorporate. And then at the end, we do get a, a glimpse of that article and... I think she did it justice. So. Yeah. Uh, Monique, I mean, she's listening. Evelyn's the main attraction here. You really get, you know, her whole background, kind of like you are reading her autobiography. Um, but Monique is very important as well. And you find out later why she chose her. Uh, and she's very important because she's the one that's going to be writing this. So you get more information uh, in depth about her life as well. And she was definitely a dynamic character, I think. Um, she was all right. I really, I didn't love Monique. I know you said she, you liked her a lot. I really didn't care about her too much. To me, she I was liked a, her growth a lot. She had an okay arc. I think that it was like predictable and just kind well, of yeah. no, no, nothing we haven't seen before. Yeah. It's like this mousy Except, woman who gains confidence and starts asking for what she wants in her personal that, life and professional that twist. life. I yes. did not see coming. No, I'm talking about Monique's character arc as a, as yeah. an individual, not necessarily the plot arc. Yeah. But I mean, we could talk about the plot arc if you want. Yeah. I mean, time. I should have seen that coming. There's hints yeah. a lot of the time, but you're so engulfed mm-hmm. in Evelyn's story that you just you, you forget. Yeah. It slips your mind about the hints um, because you're so concentrated on, all right, what happened next with Evelyn when her next husband? Give it to me. Let me know. Yeah. So basically, we find out later on that the reason that Evelyn chose Monique was because at some point in the past, I believe this was in the 80s, Evelyn was in a car with her driver and they were driving on a road. They were going to a party or something like that. On the side of the road, she sees her good friend, Harry, who was gay and he was closeted because in Hollywood, he wouldn't have been accepted. He would have been ousted and possibly attacked. So it was it was a secret, but he was with his new romantic partner in the car. He had been drinking. He ended up crashing, killing his partner. We later learn at learn that that was actually Monique's father who was in the car. Mm-hmm. And Evelyn stages the whole thing to make it look like he was the one who was driving, not Harry, so that she could protect his his integrity and his character right. in death and beyond. So. Yep. Obviously, then, Monique reacts to this with anger. I think as any person would after hearing absolutely. all of that and then finding out that that was your dad that she did it to. I didn't see that coming either. I agree with you that there were 
there were hints at it. And there were a few times where I was like, there's got to be something like, why did she choose her? But I didn't think that it was going to be this. I was just like kind of waiting to figure it out. And then when I like, they finally revealed it and I was like, okay, wasn't thinking that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I didn't even I notice that. at first too. When she mentioned the name, she wrote down the name of the driver and she handed it to her on a piece of paper and she said, Grant, it didn't even click. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh shit, wow, why, why, why is she telling it? And then on the next page, she was like, oh my God, you know, this bitch, that's my dad. And I was like, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Because yeah. she had mentioned that he was eight. Oh no, she was eight, I think, when her dad died. Mm-hmm. Uh, but her father, I mean, not only is she coming to terms with the fact that, you know, how he died was a lie. Mm-hmm. But his whole life was kind of based on a lot of everything she knew about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot hit her at once. And I, I mean, she was definitely like, you know, catching feelings for Evelyn, like, you know, loving her, like getting to know her and having an appreciation for her, getting inspired by her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, she got hit with that and knowing that she was involved with her dad's death in some way mm-hmm. must have um, messed with her as well. So she got hit yeah. with a lot. A chapter where I kind of I really felt for her. Yeah. And in addition to that, she also had been living her whole life thinking that her father had died by himself in a drunk driving accident. And she and her mom were always, her mom was always like, you know, it wasn't like him. It seemed unusual. Monique was like, it didn't seem like he would do something like that. And it turns out he didn't. Mm -hmm. So to know that your father's reputation and just this image that you had of him for your entire life was sullied by some woman who was just trying to protect a friend has to be a lot to to handle. And then to find out on top of that, that your, your dad, who was still married to your mom at the time was actually having an affair, having an affair with the man and maybe also felt scared to come out maybe to his family. But then it turns out that her mom did know and they were actually, Well, yeah, but they were kind of in a relationship similar to the relationship that Evelyn had with Harry at one point in the book, which we'll discuss in a little bit, but where they were two friends who loved each other as friends and knew that they could make each other happy, even if that passionate love, romantic love wasn't necessarily there, they still were able to live a happy and fulfilling life. They were still able to raise their daughter, you know, up until his death, at least in a really happy and healthy partnership. And it was nice to for Monique to be able to go back to her and explain to her what happened as well. Yes. And and the way she does so, too, is that she says she found a letter on Harry, I believe, from Monique's dad uh, that basically was saying, you know, I care for you and I have passion with you and I'll always love you, Harry, but I would never leave my family. Yeah. Um, So at least she knew the closure there that he wasn't going to abandon her. And I really liked that. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that whole plot line was really nice. Me too. And well done. I thought it was well executed. Yeah. Like like we said, we didn't see that coming and we mm-hmm. liked that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's just get to the Evelyn good stuff. Uh, <laughs> basically, the woman had seven husbands, right? Mm-hmm. So to everybody else in the limelight, she had seven husbands. Mm-hmm. That's what they know. They judge her. They're pretty savage in the uh, in the papers. And we all know that the news isn't necessarily always accurate 
a lot of that stuff is kind of embellished. Um, and that's what she really wants. She's seeking to prove through her memoir uh, to let them know that, you know, this is what it was stated as, but this wasn't really what the case was. Here's who I really who I really am. And she gives you an in-depth explanation as to why she had all these husbands. And once you realize that it, it makes a lot of sense why she did certain things. Um, and she did what she had to in a way, you know, survival of the fittest. I mean, in a certain aspect the cost of fame is that you have to be this perfect uh depiction all the time and that's not who she was you know she Mm -hmm. had different layers underneath this role that she was supposed to portray so i i loved so much the fact that the way it was written how each husband was introduced in their own section and they all had adjectives above their name you know it was like uh gullible max disappointing one of them I know it was goddamn Don Adler, you know, Mm -hmm. like all these different introductions. So you're getting a glimpse of, oh, shit, what's this guy like? Mm -hmm. And I will say that I I did have a favorite. And of course, that was Harry, even though they weren't really romantic and it Mm -hmm. wasn't like a passionate relationship for her. He was my favorite of the husbands, Mm -hmm. I will say. And uh, Don was definitely the most disappointing, in my opinion. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I guess if we're talking about the husbands, I thought that Harry was the best one. He definitely had a connection with Evelyn, even though he was gay. And as we learn, Evelyn was also gay, but they were bisexual, bisexual, sorry, but they were able to have a really happy and healthy relationship. They were able to have a daughter and raise a daughter together. And I think that their relationship was honestly the best one that she had, even taking Celia into consideration. I think that her relationship with Harry was the healthiest one she ever had. Mm -hmm. I think that the one that I liked the least was obviously Don, although I had issues with the first one as well. I know she lied to him about her age, but it was still it was still weird. It was still too young. Yeah, he knew. So she was 14. She used him to get to Hollywood because she heard that he was going to Hollywood. She shows up at his apartment and he says, how old are you? Are you 16? And she was like, yeah. Meanwhile, she was 14. And she sensed that he knew that she was 14. Yeah. And he she had to sleep with him. Mm-hmm. OK. And you, this is how things, I guess, would go. Sadly, even today, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But she felt since she was a, 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 at a young age, she lost her mom very young. Her mom had dreams of taking her out of this neighborhood in Hell's Kitchen in New York, getting her away from their dad, who was abusive, um, or her dad, rather, that was abusive. Her mom ends up dying, and and I think it was in a car crash also, wasn't it? I don't remember. Well, I know her mom dies. I don't think it was. I I thought it was an illness. I don't think it was a car accident. Yeah. So her mom dies at, at a young age leaves her with this abusive dad, not on purpose, but she wants to get the hell out of there and she wants to fulfill her mom's wishes, her dreams. So she finds this guy and she kind of throws herself at him. And before that, she kind of gets a taste for getting her way through sexual acts. Um, She's a little she's a young girl, but she's attractive. So she uses that to her advantage. There's this guy in this like five and dime store or something where she um kind of like lets her st- like flashes him or lets her him see her boobs Mm -hmm. so she can get free candy so she's Mm -hmm. doing all these things at first um i don't know how did you feel about about her age and all of that i really liked this i mean i didn't like it in the sense that like i'm glad it was happening but i really like the way that taylor jenkins reed approached this i thought it was super realistic girls who do develop at a young age which evelyn hugo was a girl who developed at a very young age they do get a lot of attention from the opposite sex. They get a lot of attention from the same sex as well, but in a more negative way. And I thought that this portrayal was really interesting. And I liked how Evelyn 
was observant of that. She had insight into the fact that, okay, my breasts are developing and now all of a sudden all these people, these men are interested in something that I have to offer. And that's how she first learned to use her her body and her sexuality to get things that she wanted. I'm not saying that this is something that people should do or that we should be teaching people, but I, I liked reading about it. I thought that Taylor Jenkins Reid did a really good job of explaining Evelyn's thought process. I was like, yeah, it makes sense. This is how a girl who grew up this way would react to this. She wants to do whatever she can. She has nothing to offer except her body and she's going to use it to her advantage almost very transactionally. I mean, do I want to see anybody doing that? No, but I liked the way it was done in this book. I thought it was realistic. And I think that there's a lot of people that do this. And I think that young girls are faced with this at a very young age. And I think it's something that people should talk about because they might not know how to navigate it. See, once um, she gets to Hollywood as well, uh, in order to get a better role, she feels she deserves better roles. Well, first she was like hanging out in this restaurant and I think Harry discovered her and was, or the bartender was like, look, you got to do better than this. Stop serving people or something. You can't just sit there every day and drink a soda. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but she knows that this restaurant, a lot of Hollywood people come in and I think Harry came in, discovered her and put her into some, some sh small roles. Uh, and then um, she ends up basically sleeping with Ari. I think his name is this producer. Um, who I really didn't appreciate. He basically um, takes advantage of a minor, in my opinion, because he's an older man. Uh, and he sleeps with her, reminding me very of, much of Weinstein, like that type, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, sleep with me and I'll make sure you get roles. Otherwise, you're going to get blacklisted. And that guy can fuck all the way off. Um, she didn't actually sleep with him. She let him do something to her. Well, but I mean, it was, it was a sexual, sexual act with him. Yeah. He yeah, he performed a sexual act on her, but that was his his deal was let me do this and I'll give you this. I'll get you into the movies, which so I, I agree. I think it was supposed to be reminiscent of the Harry Weinsteins of the world, yeah. especially back in the 50s and 60s, yeah. when I think it was more more prevalent of a thing that was happening. I think it's still happening. Um, I, but, I agree. It's still happening. Yeah. I'm just I, I'm, I'm I, saying I, I really, think it was happening all the time back oh, then, yeah. whereas now people are speaking up about it. So it's not happening as much. Right. Um, well, hopefully not. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought that this was very realistic. I really liked that um, Reed brought this up and she basically mentions how she knew that he had a taste for minors. And, you know, you hear about this and you know, it's speculated about in Hollywood. And I'm glad that she. Mm -hmm. brought it up and wasn't afraid to mention it because apparently this really does go on sadly and i mean if you know anything about woody allen i'll just leave that there mm -hmm. <laughs> um but this this shit does go on in hollywood and sometimes they're brought to justice and sadly sometimes they're not um they're still making movies mm -hmm. but um but i i just feel like back then it was worse for women because i mean Evelyn couldn't even go to Hollywood without having a husband. She had to marry this first guy in order to get there. And in order to, she had to have this husband in order to get to, to where she needed to be before the age of like 16, which is insane to me. Um, so she divorces that guy, obviously, you know, she's starting to advance in movies. She's doing whatever she needs to do to get herself there. Uh, and then she meets this guy, Don. She actually realizes that she is having well she she really cares for him she loves him for the first time after they're married she has sex she realizes um that she enjoys it you know she's mm -hmm. having it because she loves somebody um so that was an interesting um growth there for her that was one of many 
mm-hmm. I thought. But then he turned out to be a complete asshole. And every time he got jealous of her success or he felt uh, insecure about himself, he would beat her, push her down the stairs. He was a real piece mm-hmm. of shit. Um, a lots of de- domestic abuse there. Um, you know, toxic masculinity happening. Yeah. And I really liked the way, once again, that Taylor Jenkins read navigated this situation i really like the way she portrayed it it was super realistic i think she did a better job of exploring a domestic abuse situation and explaining the reasons why people stay or why they might not leave right away than in the the few short chapters we had with don than colleen hoover was able to do in two whole books yeah i mean this is how you write a domestic abuse situation this is what makes it realistic and I really loved that. So after Evelyn ends up leaving Don, they end up getting an annulment and she moves on. A friend of hers, like an acquaintance type friend, Ruby ends up marrying him. And later on she gets divorced from him. And at some point she and Evelyn reconnect and Ruby says something to her along the lines of, you could have warned me. And that's the first time that Evelyn thinks to herself, if I had said something, maybe he wouldn't have hurt Ruby. He wouldn't have been able to if I had spoken up. And it's just kind of one of those things that she adds into her, you know, onto her list of things that she kind of has regrets about. But I really liked that on there because I liked a that messaging. I I liked that that was included in the book that you may not want to speak up, but this is why it's important to speak up because if you don't, it's going to happen again and it's going to happen to other people who don't deserve it. And you could be the reason why that stops. I also, I liked how Ruby called her out on it. I liked how Ruby was like, Hey, like you could have given me a heads up and yeah, Evelyn, you could (laughs) have, you know? Um, So I just, I really liked that whole scene and I really, I just really liked, I enjoyed it. I just thought it was really good. So, I mean, she was using makeup to cover up the the marks on her face and, you know, she had marks all over her body uh, and she got mad at her her maid one day, not on purpose to be angry at the maid, but for walking in and she didn't want her to see the, the marks on her body. So that's why she got nasty with her and told her to leave. And then the maid uh, basically ran and told the papers that she was, you know, hard to work for and all these things. And that's how the rumor mill begins. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and what's crazy is a lot of domestic violence uh, victims, they won't speak up. They won't warn other women. They won't say anything because they're afraid to, you know, and that's how the Me Too movement started and all that. Right. Um, but, you know, this was very common where the women wouldn't speak up. And in the end, I mean, he's cheating on her. He's the worst of the worst kind of husband. Yeah. Uh, you know, she she goes home the next day uh, after basically leaving him uh, at a premiere um, or a party rather. Uh, and, you know, he's not there. He comes uh, he doesn't come back the next day. So she ends up going to stay with, you know, a friend who becomes something a little bit more that we'll get into. Uh, but basically he files for divorce and he tells her she has to sign something called like an NDA, which means no, no disclosure. You can't talk about it. You can't mm-hmm. say anything. The reasons for the divorce, you can't say anything about their relationship. And I'll give you all this money, like half of his, the money that he had. He also came from a wealthy family, by the way. Um, you, I'll give you all this money in the house. Mm-hmm. So at that point, one woman might be like, absolutely not. I don't want that from him. And I'm going to tell everybody. Maybe today's woman might. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't Evelyn. Evelyn was like, you know, I could take that money and I could take this house and actually live somewhere for myself. I don't need a husband. 
um, and I can help turn it into, you know, my career, making my career more. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what she chose to do. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how I would handle it because I wasn't in that situation, obviously. Um, But I don't know. How did you feel about her choice to keep the money in the house and keep quiet? I mean, it was Evelyn. I loved Evelyn Hugo. Okay, (laughs) let let me tell you something. (laughs) Evelyn Hugo is exactly who she says she is. So people kept wanting, like, even as a reader, you kept wanting her to kind of change and do the moral thing. And she makes it very clear that she was very ambitious. And that was really the only thing that mattered to her, mattered to her in her entire life. This is a major theme in the book is where ambition and morality kind of collide and which one you'll choose at that crossroads. And Evelyn is always going to choose ambition until she turns 79 realizes everyone she's ever loved is dead. She has nothing to to really live for anymore. She's dying. Her daughter's dead. It's like, you know, she now at this point, she's reflecting and saying, maybe I should have chosen the moral road. Maybe I should have chosen love. And instead, right. you know, all she cared about was was the money. And I liked at one point she talks about how you realize that it's never enough. She says something like, Oh, people think that you just at some point you just have enough money that you can never have. She's like, no, you can never have too much. Once you get, she was like, once I got my first this amount, I I wanted to get two houses, and then I wanted yes. to get this, and it just it, her ambition kept growing, and she was always going to choose her ambition, and that was never going to change. So I was never really surprised when Evelyn chose that route because that's yeah. who she was, and I think this was no different. I thought it was interesting that she chose this route and then still got blacklisted because of who Don was as a person. He yes. was basically sending out these messages to people, don't hire her. We want her blacklisted. She's never going to work in this town again. And then she manages to work her, her way around that as well because she's goddamn Evelyn Hugo. And she, <laughs> and she will. You know what I mean? She's like, I'm going to Paris. And, yeah. you know, so I, I really... I'm not saying that I I don't think that I personally would make the same decision. It's hard to say from a perspective where I haven't been in that position before, but I I would I would hope that I wouldn't make the same decision, but I wasn't surprised that she did. And honestly, I enjoyed her character so much. I really found so much entertainment in her. Yes. That yes. I was like, she'll get over this. She'll she'll work around it. And she did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. She is a lot stronger than me. I would never last a day in Hollywood. I would crumble immediately. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not that type of person. This isn't Mm-mm. it wouldn't be for me. And I would never have done a a fraction of the things that she does. She is a badass. Okay. To the yeah. point where she doesn't let anything bother her or get mm-hmm. to her. Um and she doesn't let anything stand in her way. And and you just gotta respect that. Yeah, she's a fireball for sure. Uh, another fireball is also Celia St. James, who becomes her friend. Uh, they're in the movie Little Women together. And it was hilarious in the beginning because um, that woman, Ruby, who she was also saying was a friend, but they weren't really mm-hmm. friends. They were more yeah. acquaintances. But yeah, uh, it was it was crazy because her and Ruby were talking about how they hired this girl, Celia, who was such a good actress. And they were like trying to get her fired because mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't want her on the set. because She was going to outdo them, outshine them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she acts, actually becomes good friends with her instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Celia tries to use her at first yeah. to be seen somewhere getting milkshakes with Evelyn Hugo. So it excels yeah. her career. And she was like, listen, I'm the best. I know yeah. exactly what you're doing. <laughs> like she calls her out on it. Yeah. And she's like, if you want that, you got to give me something. You got to teach me how to act better or whatever. Yeah. And I just loved that. Um, I thought that that was yeah. a cute interaction. 
And Celia becomes way more for her than that. So as we mentioned before, she is bisexual, but she didn't realize that until meeting Celia. And this is the only woman that she ever has a relationship with beyond friendship. Um, and she actually mentions uh, there's a question Monique asks her in the very beginning, who was the love of your life? Mm-hmm. And she expects it to be one of the seven husbands. And it is not. It is Celia. Mm-hmm. So let's explore that. Yeah, I love this love story. I I don't know if I would necessarily categorize this book as a romance, but it definitely has a very epic love story yes, it does. intertwined in it. And that is the love story of Evelyn Hugo and Celia St. James. They're two gorgeous knockout celebrities, movie stars growing, coming up in the 50s and 60s to their height of fame. And to me, this gave me feels of like, like you said, like a Marilyn Monroe, like one of those sex pot types. And then a Celia St. James was kind of like an Audrey Hepburn type. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the Grace good girl. <laughs> yeah, she she's the good girl. She's the girl next door. She's the lovable one, the sweet one. But I didn't, I didn't find her that sweet. Honestly, I thought that she was a good actress. And I think that she looked sweet. I thought that she was a brat. She, she was, she <laughs> personally. was Listen, behind the scenes was much different than what the public sees. So in the yeah. public, she's America's sweetheart, Celia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Evelyn is this sex pot who's just mm-hmm. using up husbands, you know, mm-hmm. left and right. Um, but that's how the narrative is painted in the news. But in real life, underneath it all, this is why she wanted her memoir to come out. So it would display the truth. You mm-hmm. get to see what Celia was like. They're both brats in their own yeah, way. But Evelyn, like I said, you know what you're getting with Evelyn. You know, she doesn't really hide who she is. She's a bitch, you know. Yeah. <laughs> She's a cold-hearted bitch. And that's who she is. And that's what she wanted to be. And that's she embraces that. Celia, I I just think that she was very selfish. She seemed very narcissistic. And I I say this as if I'm not talking about celebrities because I feel like they all are. Even Evelyn at one point says, all we want to hear is praise. And people, she's like, people will joke and say, oh, I'm sure you hear this all the time and you don't want to hear it anymore. And she's like, no, I still want to hear it. Please tell me how great I am. And I feel like that's how they both were. But Celia... Just I feel like she always needed and wanted attention from Evelyn, but she never really apologized when she was wrong. She was very emotional. She had, a, I, in my opinion, I think she had a drinking problem. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like she was always drinking. I don't know. I, I didn't hate her character. I liked her character. I just think that while I love their story and I really was rooting for them and I felt so sad about their tragic story, I still was kind of like, I don't know if this is necessarily a healthy relationship. And I don't know how I feel about that. Well, they didn't have they. they, Well, in the era, um, they couldn't just come out and say that they loved each other and they wanted to be with each other. They had to pretend, you know, for the public eye in order to keep their careers going. Sadly, Mm -hmm. this was the era that they were in. They had to pretend that they loved men and, you know, that they weren't into each other. They were just friends and they had to go around all these things to try to expel any rumors that were saying, oh, they're spending a lot of time together. Her car was Mm -hmm. parked there all night, you know, so it was crazy. Instead of you can't really have a it can't not be a toxic relationship when you're marrying two men who are together. And you guys are together and you're just doing that to the public to make it look like, hey, you know, we're we're. We're just like you, you know, we're, we're marrying men and the men are marrying women. And meanwhile, you know, the, the husbands um, were dating and the wives were dating um, behind the scenes. Sadly, they had to hide that. So there was no way that they couldn't have a healthy relationship because of 
how society I, was perceiving them at the time, which is so sad to me. I don't think that means that they can't have a healthy relationship. They definitely oh, could. They just couldn't no. have a public relationship. Other than that, I'm saying that probably put pressure on them as well. That was for the public, but well, that definitely yeah. put pressure on them as well. Uh, but it was it was crazy, too, because a lot of the times, you know, Evelyn, again, has to do whatever she has to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in order to expel rumors, she basically tells Celia, hey, at one point, I have to marry this guy. Yeah. Max? No, it wasn't Max. What was no, oh, it was the, the singer guy. He was kind of like a Mick Jagger type. I can't. It, was it Mick his name or Nick or, or something mm. like that? It was I'm not going to remember. Something but with an it, ick in it. Ick. He was ick. <laughs> he was ick. Uh, you know, she basically tells Celia, look, I'm going to have to get with this guy to expel these rumors. And, you know, Celia's like, well, I don't want you to get with some guy, you know? And I kind of understood where she was coming from there because she finds out later that Evelyn sleeps with this guy and it means nothing to Evelyn because she's just doing it Mm -hmm. as part of a role that Evelyn plays, Mm -hmm. you know, to do what she needs to do to get what she wants. Um, And she was doing it for the the good of the relationship, but that's not healthy. (laughs) No, no, that's not... That's an entirely different thing. I I meant in their moments with each other, the way that they interacted with one another, I don't think it was always super healthy. That's a completely different topic, obviously. So like you said, they can't come out because they'll be they'll be ostracized for it. They'll be attacked for it or worse. You know, they could be killed for it. This is a very bad time for this community. And it's not safe for them. So Evelyn tricks this guy, this singer who kept saying how obsessed he was with her, you know, on all these interviews and stuff, tricks him into marrying her. She sleeps with him. She didn't really run that by Celia beforehand. She told her, oh, I'm going to go on a date with him. And instead, she they fly out to Vegas. They get married. They have sex. And then the next day they get divorced, basically. It was like a whirlwind type of situation just to dispel rumors about her and Celia being together. But the I think the the big issue here was the lying and not being upfront. And it ends up Celia leaves her after this, which makes sense. It's Mick you were right. It's Mick Riva. Mick Riva, right? Yeah, it's gullible Mick Riva. It was bothering me. I had to look Yeah. Yeah. And he he was definitely supposed to be like a Mick Jagger type. You know, he's like the sexy rock star that all the girls love. And he's going through girls left and right. And he's yeah. got his eyes set on Evelyn Hugo. Yes, and- he says it. And it, it's in an article. And he's like, you know, that's the woman for me. I'm going to marry that woman. Yeah. That's her advantage. And she's like, let me take a let me take advantage of this douchebag. Yeah. This fool, uh, and I'll sleep with him. And this is one of my favorite scenes or rather one of my favorite parts of the book because the narration changes in this scene Mm -hmm. to go to you. So you're it's second person. So she's telling you, uh, you know, you're in her shoes, which I liked because she's like, look, you know, you got to sleep with this man and you can't be good at it because otherwise he'll he'll want more. You know, and she's giving you like a by play and kind of gives you you like a two how to Evelyn Hugo. And I was really enjoying yeah, the, the narration change. I th- I think Reed did amazing, an amazing job doing that. She gives she really you um, threw me into the role of yeah. Evelyn at one point. And I was just well, like, damn, it, it's Evelyn giving us a how to guide on how to manipulate men. Yes, <laughs> That's yes. exactly what it was. And it was hilarious. Yes. And it, she was so good at it. And she's just so funny, too. And when she's talking about how she's like, but you got to make him think it's his idea. So you can't be That's too right. excited. And I was like, God damn, Evelyn Hugo, you're a goddamn genius. <laughs> like, people underestimate you, but you're a genius. <laughs> she's not even real, but I loved her. No, not even real. <laughs> but uh, 
yeah, she's she's a great character. Yeah. But it, it's crazy too because I'm trying to trying to say, oh yeah. So there's another part too where she changes again to the second person. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's like 174, yeah, 174 to 81. And I think this is another how-to also. And I just want to see what it is because she does this twice read where she changes the narration up to second person. And I just found that so freaking interesting. Uh, because the whole time you're transported into time and then all of a sudden you're transported into the role of. So it's like you're yeah. transported into this woman who keeps playing a role even when the cameras aren't on. She has to play a role. Mm-hmm. And now you're playing her role. And I just thought that that was such good writing. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, here. this is definitely a well-written book. You can't deny that. Taylor Jenkins Reid is a really good author. This is definitely. the only book I've read by her, but I do want to read... Uh, Carrie Soto is back, and I've also heard good things about Daisy Jones and the Six. This is off yes. topic. I'm sorry, but I th- those Daisy- are two books that are on my list. I heard Daisy Jones and the Six. I've already downloaded it with mm-hmm. with a credit, um, but I heard that the audio is like amazing. One of the best mm-hmm. audios on, on Audible. So okay, I mean I'm down for that. Yeah, uh, but I, I definitely want to read more from her. I think that she's a yeah. great writer. I've heard that Carrie Soto is back is one of her best books. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I, that's been on my list for a while. And for some reason, I just never really got around to reading it. But I think I will soon because okay. I would like to read more from her. Anyway, that was off topic, though. No, I mean, <laughs> just going back to her writing, like this is what has kicked off this conversation. Yeah. But um, she does switch up at least twice that I know of in the book to that second person. And I just thought that that was executed very well. Yeah. Uh, and it really it really transported me into Evelyn, the mind of Evelyn. And I liked that. Uh, yeah she uses that literary device and also like the change of perspective but she also uses these news articles and magazine clippings and things like that to also give you a feel of the time yeah Yeah. she she used all of these elements really well to help you really get enmeshed in the world to help you really understand the public persona of evelyn hugo while then deep diving into the real persona of the the real human underneath that persona and i thought that she did that in a really fun way. It made it more fun yeah. to read. Like I was looking forward to some of those news articles. I was like, oh my God. It was like reading a tabloid magazine, you know, like Evelyn yeah. did what? And yeah, then the, you the you, scandal. You know? Yeah. And then it's you'd so be like scandalous. But, yeah. But then you'd be like, but that bitch lied. Like it wasn't yes. true. You know, like <laughs> Yeah, like that made that bitch. I was like, you know what? Yeah. Um, but then you know, ma- so here's another thing. So Evelyn has to come out on top honestly she was a step ahead all the way she always had the one-up situation she's the real deal so at one point uh you know the maid was like telling on her uh she didn't really know that don was beating her so instead she was like oh you know she's horrible to work for and this and that and they're having marital problems and Mm -hmm. uh she you know don really wants a baby and she's not giving it to him Mm -hmm. so she flips it around and she makes she's supposed to hire she everybody's like fire the maid and she's like no I'm not gonna fire the maid mm-hmm. instead I want you to call me at X time tomorrow and I want the maid to pick up and I want you to say exactly this so yeah. she writes a little script she's still playing a role mm-hmm. <laughs> writes a little script and has somebody call pretending to be a doctor and the maid answers and then all of a sudden she's like oh you know how horrible and she fakes the fact that she lost a child so this way the maid would run to the papers and they divorce they divorce they fire her right after that so this way she has motive to run to the papers and say uh this news story so then all of a sudden it spins that narrative Mm -hmm. on its ass and now all of a sudden it's like oh they are trying and they can't you know oh how sad for evelyn so it puts her in a better light 
Yeah. Um, so I really, I, she's talented yeah. in many ways more than acting. She was very uh, smart. Just, yeah. She's very manipulative. <laughs> yeah. She's very manipulative, but she's just very intelligent. And I think yes. it's something that people always took for granted with her because A, she did use her body a lot to get ahead. So they just saw her as that person that she doesn't need to have complex thoughts. She doesn't need to really manipulate or do anything. She can just use her body and get what she wants. But she actually was very calculated. She was very intentional with all of her actions and nobody really ever knew. And I just loved it. To me, it was so funny. She was so real, though. At one point, she was like, oh, I can get what I want. I have tits. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I was just like, you savage. I know. Uh, And she wasn't wrong. And she wasn't wrong. You know what I mean? Sadly, no, no. So, uh, um, going back to Ken, there is a patriarchy in the real world. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, that was a big theme in this book was mm-hmm. the patriarchy within Hollywood and just in general in the world, especially during this time period where we're going. This book actually spans several decades ago. It starts, I believe, in the 1950s and it spans to 2017, which is the present day. Yes. But I lost my train of thought. <laughs> It it jam-packed a lot in. This book definitely (laughs) jam-packed a lot in and it yes. Oh well, so the the patriarchy and Evelyn was so she was like the poster child for F the patriarchy, and yet nobody really knew it because she played their game so well. So while she was doing things that maybe people might look down on and say we're anti-feminist. At the end of the day, she was also doing some of these things to manipulate the men into doing what she wanted. And I kind of liked that. I kind of liked how she took that and worked it to her advantage. And to me, it just goes to show that women are the better, the better species. Yeah. It was species, uh, whatever it is. (laughs) Smarter. Um, (laughs) We're smarter. We're better at it it than you. It was very Cleopatra of her. I don't know if you've... Cleopatra is one of my favorite historical figures. Mm-hmm. Cleopatra was a manipulative bitch. I I, I love her. Mm-hmm. She was Greek, but somehow became like the friggin' queen of Egypt. I yeah. mean, please, if you don't know about, about Cleopatra, brush up and know because that woman <laughs> is inspirational. Uh, I don't know if you've ever read the book. Uh, it's, it's a nonfiction, but I love it. It's called The Book of Seduction by Thomas Green. No. Oh, read it. It gives you like historical facts about like mm-hmm. how people seduce people in, in historical times. And Cleopatra is like forefront in that book. I mean, okay. if you want to get to know Cleopatra, I recommend that book. Okay. Uh, but she was very Cleopatra a lot of the time. She reminded me of her so much yeah. um, because I was like, this is so Cleopatra. Like, you know, oh, that's so Samantha. That's such a Samantha thing. <laughs> the city. That was such a Cleopatra thing to do sometimes. She would do things mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, my God. Cleopatra would definitely do that. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, that's cool. If you remind me of one of my favorite historical figures, I'm going to like you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But she definitely seemed like not a modern day Cleopatra, but uh, I I can't say modern day because she was going from like the 30s to the to the 90s here. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. Either way, she she's never predictable. I will give her that ever to the point where even when you think, like I said in the beginning, I had her all figured out. All of a sudden, boom, she's like, oh, by the way, yeah, this was about your dad. And I was just like, say what? Yeah. And then she she's still unpredictable because then she's like, yeah, you could release this when I'm dead. And then basically has the re the magazine come there and take her pictures. And then uh, as soon as Monique leaves, she's like, I think that bitch is going to commit suicide. I think she's yeah. going to end her life. Uh, and what's crazy is she's debating whether she should go back to her 
and try mm-hmm. to prevent it. Or she's trusting Evelyn to the point where she's like, well, I know she read her article. Monique wrote an article about your right to die. Mm-hmm. So she's thinking about that. And she had mentioned that specifically. So she's like, I think she's trusting me to let her do what she needs to do mm-hmm. or what she feels like she needs to do. Because we didn't bring this up, but Harry and Evelyn marry each other. So this way, Harry can date her husband, uh, Celia's husband, and then mm-hmm. she could date Celia secretly in private while they're married. Mm-hmm. Um, but during this time, they do want a child, her and uh, Evelyn and Harry, and they do have a daughter named Connor. Mm-hmm. Um, and sadly, Connor dies when she's like really young, I think with breast cancer in her 30s. In her, in her 40s. Or early 40, 40s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it leaves her to the point where she just has nothing left nothing left to live for. She's done all her, her manipulations. Everyone that she's ever loved is gone. Uh, So, you know, in the end, she feels like she got her memoir out. She told the truth and the public's going to know who she really was and that she loved Celia and, you know, everything's going to be out there. And and that's how that, how it ends. Basically, she, she takes her life. And I was just like, this, she just keeps going with these Mm -hmm. unpredictability things. So I just, I thought that that was pretty, pretty wild as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, Monique's going to definitely make a lot of money off of this. Yeah. So the thing that I love about Evelyn Hugo is that she is this really tough bitch and she can be cold hearted, but she actually does really care deeply for the few people that she chooses to love, that that earn her love, that she is able to trust and, and bring into her life. And those people are Harry and Celia and her daughter. And yes. What I like about her is that there's actually one point in the book, too, where Evelyn is always apologizing to Celia. And at some point, Celia comes to her and she's like, listen, we fight a lot and I never apologize, but you always do. And I think that's very telling about the type of person that Evelyn is. And I think that so she is diagnosed with breast cancer. It's actually the same thing her daughter died of. But now she's. 79 80 she's going to be dying she knows she doesn't have long to live and she has one thing in her life that always was in the back of her mind that she couldn't do anything to really help with and that was the death of harry's lover in that car that she made look to you know be a different situation than it was and this is her way of writing that wrong while she can't take that person's life back she didn't kill him but while she can't take back the image that was portrayed she can't give him back his reputation she was able to give that back to his family. She was able to give this man back to his family. And now she's also going to be able to give his family a shit ton of money to help them in their lives, to live better lives. And I, to me, it was her writing a wrong that's always been unsettled with her. In another way, she was also doing... So there were other things in her life that she regretted, like the fact that she wasn't open with Celia. She wishes she could have been. She wishes she had had more time with her, but she couldn't because of her ambition and just the way the world was. But she does make hefty donations to the LGBTQ community. And she did that up until her death. And in my opinion, that was her writing that wrong. You know, it's not not something she can go back and change, but she can do something about it now. And for Evelyn, it always comes down to kind of like money. And that's what it was. So she was throwing money to these causes. She was throwing money at this family. And I think that she was able to then go on and die by her choice. Everything's always on her terms in her entire life. She oh. was going to let her death be on her terms as well. I love that. I it love so that Evelyn. about the book. Yeah. It was so Evelyn, even to the, support, the point when she was like, I choose when I go. But yeah. So Evelyn. I loved it. And I thought that it was so consistent with her character. It really made sense. And I, I just really liked it. I thought that this was just really good storytelling and really great character development. I just really enjoyed it. 
So unfortunately, I can't find uh, the name of the maid that she had for the longest time. But I wanted to talk about that, how I mentioned earlier. So her her growth, Evelyn, mm-hmm. though, through the years, which I found very interesting, was through the maids as well. So the first maid, obviously, she yelled at. They didn't trust her. You know, that maid was running and telling the uh, telling the, the papers things about them. Uh and she learned her lesson from that. And then she found a maid that she absolutely loved, who followed her from L.A. to, to New York. Uh, she became more like family. She was helping raise her, her daughter. You know, she was there through thick and thin to the end until she was ready to retire, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just I loved watching her grow through the way that she was treating her maid and the way that she grew a relationship with her. And mm-hmm. then. After that, she also hired Grace, who was at the end. Uh, Grace is it was her current um, maid. And th- there was a hint there because she sends her away with her husband. And she's like, go on yeah. this vacation, leave. And mm-hmm. she tells Monique, oh, you know, I thought that you were going to be here keeping her company. Mm-hmm. And that was shady. I was like, oh, shit, she's going to do something. Yeah. Something's going to go down because mm-hmm. she wants to make sure nobody's there. Mm-hmm. Ah. Um, so that kind of, you know, is when I started getting uh suspicious of Evelyn. Yeah. Um, but I really did love seeing that growth through like little tiny things like that. You know, I just thought that Reed really, I, I don't know, just like little tiny details that really added up to Evelyn's character development. I really liked that a lot. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up that one maid too. I also can't remember her name. I'm sorry. Oh, it, 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 it was a Spanish name. I can't remember what it was. But the other big <laughs> thing in this book was that Evelyn Hugo was actually Evelyn Herrera and she was Cuban. And because she looked too ethnic, she had to change her whole identity and whitewash herself and her culture and Mm -hmm. her history in order order to make it and be successful in Hollywood. And not only do I think that this is something that still happens today, but I think that it was very prevalent back during this time. So this is why she, her defining feature is this blonde hair this like platinum blonde hair with these dark eyebrows and she had this tan Mm -hmm. skin everybody always said she didn't really look like a natural blonde but yet it fit her it was just a very striking look and it was her signature thing but this maid is actually spanish and at one point she starts speaking spanish complaining about evelyn and and evelyn (laughs) understands her and then she starts talking spanish back to her she's like oh i'm so sorry i didn't know you knew spanish and she's like well i'm cuban and you know, I, I've always spoken Spanish since I was young. And then she reflects on how she hadn't spoken it in several years. And she kind of let that that part of her just be taken away from her. She just gave it up to pursue this this ambition in Hollywood. And I think she felt a little regretful about that, but not enough to then go on and embrace it. So I, I thought that, that was a really interesting topic that was handled really well in this book. I agree. I think it's sad. But I, I thought that it was good. It was very interesting. I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it. There were so many extra, like so many layers that Taylor um, Jenkins Reid added into this book, but that she did so well. She executed yeah. everything so perfectly, you know, and there was so many like not what's the word I'm looking for? Not touchy topics, you know, sensitive um, topics. Yeah. But she handled them with, with the utmost care and, and she did it in such a way that it, it executes the messages perfectly, I thought. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I thought that this book was really really well done yeah because i really liked there was one scene too it was louisa louisa yes 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 (laughs) yes yes and louisa was great too because she was like bitching to her mom or something and she was like she's crazy but she said it in spanish and she was like i'm not crazy yeah and she she was like oh it was Uh, a good scene yeah i liked that yeah um but yeah i really liked i enjoyed this there's this one scene where uh 
Celia and her husband, I think his name is John. Yes, John. Yeah. And then uh, Evelyn and her husband, Harry, which remember the four of them are secretly dating each other instead, Mm -hmm. um, where the girls are dating the girls and the guys are dating the guys in secret, but they're married to one another for the public Mm -hmm. eye. And there's a scene where there's a parade going on below where they're finally actually activate, uh, not activating, but there's activists below trying to, um, you know, support gay rights Mm -hmm. and to try and... Uh, you know, put more shine more light on that area. Mm-hmm. And Evelyn, I believe it's Evelyn, is like, we should donate. And they were like, you can't donate. You can't do that. No. You can't put public. You can't bring yourself into the public eye. Uh, no. in that aspect because it'll bring it on all of us. And it, it was, was just the, a very interesting topic, like just interesting discussion that they had. It very was the op- no. It was the opposite. Celia was like, we need to go down there. Oh, we need to Celia. be a part of it. She was like, we need to go join that parade. We need to be a part of it. This is our time. It's finally happening. And everybody was, Evelyn was like, absolutely not. Are you insane? Look at who you are. Look at who we are. This will change. You know, we can't do that. And Evelyn photographs immediately. Evelyn says like, we can donate. And Celia's like, you can't just throw money at the situation. And Harry's like, actually, yes, you can. He's like, actually, it's a great idea. And she starts donating at that point anonymously. And she continues to donate anonymously up until her death. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I think even, uh, well, she there's this talk, too, about how she's auctioning off her famous dresses, like certain dresses that she wears and she's auctioning yeah. off and i believe that the money will go to some of it to to charity like you mm-hmm. know for gay rights and another one for breast cancer i believe yeah. for her daughter yeah. um which is admirable and that happens that actually will take place after her death yeah um, i just think it all came together really well and i had told alex a, a totally different feel i had a totally different vibe for the book until i finished it so those last couple of chapters were really vital to me being like wow what a book <laughs> So it was yeah. the see it was the opposite for me too. I I was loving this book. I loved it so much. And then the end, I was like, I enjoyed it, and I was almost like, did it jump the jump the shark a little bit at the end? Like, was that necessary? No. But then I was you like, no, it you can't it, say they jump need the it. shark. You can't say that. No, listen to me. You missed the boat with jump the shark on the shark leg episode. Okay. Right? <laughs> Alex should have named her story going back to the shark leg episode. Uh, what was her name? Damn it. We never remember. Jana. Jana jumped the shark leg. Yes. Okay? That was the name of, of her of her story. Yes. But but I did wonder <laughs> if it was just a little too much at the end. But then after this was after the first time I read it. But then I was like, no, it, it really needed to be there because it really needed to show how Evelyn she needed to make amends. And and I liked that. I liked yeah. that it was incorporated and then it made me like it more. But initially, I was a little like, mm, do we need this? But we did. We did. Yeah, I loved that she also wanted to share her story before she went. She wanted yeah. to set the record straight, which is also very Evelyn. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, again, we gave this a five each. We loved it. Uh, we thought that it was very well written and bravo, I will say. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, it's a very quick, fast paced read because you're going to be so engulfed in the story of Evelyn that you're going to want more and more and you're going to want to keep reading. Uh, so, you know, mm-hmm. we like yep. that. <laughs> yep. And definitely recommend it. Yes, 100 percent. All right. So let's do our uh, sum up category situation. And how would you describe this in a nail color? This book. Emerald green. 
because oh, that, I like that because in her dress, that was her signature color. She says that she wore it all the time. It became her thing. And it just, I think it encompasses, it is on the cover as well, but it encompasses yes. Evelyn Hugo. I'm going to go with an, a really like metallic gold. Cause I feel like that's mm. old Hollywood, right? Like the, the Oscars and everything like that. Yeah. So I just feel like, um, I, I, I don't know. That's what I say. Yeah. I like that. About, yeah. What about a movie or a TV show? I'm going to say some like it hot. <laughs> you Did would you ever see that. <laughs> uh, no, I actually didn't, but I'm sure I would love it because I love old school. I think movies. you would. Yeah. <laughs> to sum this up as a movie or a TV show is, I don't know. Uh, it would have to be something glamorous AF. Mm. Maybe like Sabrina. <laughs> okay. Right. When she goes to Paris and she comes back and she's like, you know, meek at first, but then she mm. comes back. This little badass with all these like fancy ass dresses. Mm. She like steals the room whenever she walks in, you know. Mm. Um, plus, I love Audrey Hepburn. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to have to go there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> with the glamour and stuff. Yeah. What about a character from a show or, or movie or a movie quote? I'm going to say Meryl Streep from The Devil Wears Prada. Because <laughs> I feel like if it was modern day, that would be Evelyn Hugo. <laughs> yes. All right. So uh, did you ever see Dolores Claiborne? Yeah. I love Dolores Claiborne, first of mm -hmm. all. That's a great movie. Mm -hmm. But there's uh, a character in it, Vera. Okay. Okay. I love her. She's the rich bitch in it. Mm-hmm. The one that like finds her husband cheating and then she's like, sometimes, you know, your husband's car just, you know, something happens and he can't control the wheel. And crashes. <laughs> he reminds me of Evelyn. You know? okay. All um, right. <laughs> I'm going to say Vera and it, specifically a quote, which I had to actually look up so I could say it perfectly. Okay. Um, but this reminds me of Evelyn a lot. So she says specifically, I love this quote. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to be a high riding bitch to survive. Sometimes being a bitch is all a woman has to hang on to. Hmm. If that doesn't describe Evelyn Hugo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She's a little bit of a Vera. Yeah. Okay. All right. A song. <laughs> all right. I already knew what song this would be before we even read this book because this song actually reminds me of this book and it's Ivy by Taylor Swift. And it's okay. a song about a woman who is basically having an affair on her. She's married, but like she's they're rich and she lives in his big house and everything, but she's having an affair. Everybody assumes it's with a man. I always interpreted it actually as a woman having an affair or at least feelings for a woman, but being forced to be married to a man. And I think that encompasses this book perfectly okay i have two the very first is britney spears lucky obviously mm, right yeah. she's so lucky she's yeah. a star but she cries 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 very much evelyn hugo and then also because i love the movie the first wives club and the love song you don't movie. own me yes you don't own me leslie gore as, <laughs> uh, you don't own me is evelyn all written all over it yeah so. Yeah. Yes. She so would jam out that. I couldn't pick which one, so you get both. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. I, I cannot see Evelyn as a cookie at all. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a meal cookie or baked item, she's not a cookie. Okay. All right. <laughs> not a cookie. All right. Uh, I, uh... She's definitely a full meal. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I feel like she would be something really decadent and really fancy, something like really expensive. Caviar. Yeah, but more delicious than that. Like, I don't know, like some type of like dessert, like crazy dessert, but it has like gold flecks on it. Like that would oh, be Evelyn Hugo. Definitely something extra. Yeah, like, with like extra... a glass of champagne with gold in it. And like that would be that would be Evelyn. Yeah, 100 percent. You hit the nail on the head. She's a dessert with gold flakes. 
I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, it's very extra. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be like a banana split sundae with gold flakes because why not? Why would you ever add gold flakes to that? But Evelyn would. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Also a strawberry shortcake because Aww. yum. Yum. She's not wholesome enough to be a, a strawberry shortcake. Right, that would Celia's, be Celia. Celia's a strawberry shortcake. <laughs> yeah. Also, strawberry shortcakes. Can we just have a spotlight moment for that deliciousness? I'm not a big <laughs> cake person, but that's got to be the best cake. That's all. I do. I have a really good, it's a cupcake recipe, strawberry mm. shortcake cupcake recipe. It's so good. It's really Yum. good for the summer. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Yum. Yeah. What's your superlative for this? Most likely to make me never want to go to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> definitely uh most likely to succeed evelyn hugo Evelyn hugo <laughs> definitely most likely to make goddamn sure she succeeds <laughs> most she, likely she will make it happen <laughs> most likely to manipulate you to shit uh there was actually a quote in the book where i forgot to mention but monique says i no, I got to get her to do something she's not going to want to do. I have to Evelyn Hugo, yeah. Evelyn Hugo. Uh, yeah, that pretty yeah. much. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so most likely to Evelyn Hugo. Okay. All right. An animal, An animal book. or a mythical creature. I, I'm not feeling the vibe of a mythical creature for this book. I am. I'm thinking that she would be a unicorn. Like Evelyn Hugo is... A unicorn. No, She's no. A, a once in a lifetime, never going to see her again type of gal. Uh, way too wholesome of a cat, of a creature for Evelyn. Nah. She's more of a dragon if you're going to go mythical. Nah. Hell yeah. No, she's, she's too beautiful. We need to, a combination somewhere, something in the middle of a unicorn and a dragon. A, a dragicorn. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I, she's de there's definitely not a bug in this. I mean, unless she's like a black widow spider. <laughs> kind of. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not feeling any animal vibes, but um, maybe a scorpion, right? A scorpion? No, because again, a scorpion's not pretty. You scorpion woman. No. I don't, I don't know. know. What's like a mythological creature that is both pretty but ferocious? Some type of... What's that? A, a like a saber tooth tiger. I'm gonna say that's not mythical. It's just extinct. That's not mythical. No, I know. I said that. It's just extinct. But I feel like she'd be a saber tooth tiger. Gorgeous, but she will rip your throat out. Really, any tiger, I guess. All right. Well, I'm gonna probably if I ever get molded by an animal, it would be a uh, a bear because uh, I would sit there and be like, "You're so cute," because bears are the cutest animal in the world, and that bear would just be like, I'm going to maul this bitch. Yeah. And that's Evelyn Hugo for me. Yeah. So there you go. She's a bear. All right. <laughs> right. Cause bears, bears are the, bears are the cutest things ever. They're just yeah. too freaking cute. You know, that whole expression, if not friend, why friend shaped? Yes. That's a bear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, um, side note about polar bears, polar bears are gorgeous. They're beautiful to look at. But I've learned a fun fact, actually not fun whatsoever fact about polar bears, that they will just walk up to you calmly. And then once they get to you, they will just start taking bites out of you. Mm -hmm. So that is terrifying. New fear unlocked when I heard that. And uh, I would that's how I would go out because I'd be like, oh, my God, it's coming to me. It's coming to me. <laughs> and then it would just eat me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I have a bear problem. OK. <laughs> OK. <laughs> All right. So I know you said that this is coming out as a film. 
Uh, but who mm-hmm. would you cast in that film? And do not, we're not putting Emma Roberts anywhere near this. No, I don't know. I was thinking maybe like a, a sh- I don't really know. I feel like I don't know any actresses every time we do casting, uh, but maybe like a Charlize Theron or something like somebody very, no, she has to be 79. Oh, you mean the young version? Young Evelyn, not casting an old Evelyn. No, but we have to cast old Evelyn for telling the story. And that makes me want to immediately throw Helen Mirren in there because she's hot for an older woman. Fine. Um, I'm going to have to throw her in there again. I'm sorry, but Helen Mirren's yeah. got it. Uh, as as far as young goes, who's like a beautiful blonde today? I have no idea. I, all I can think of... is <laughs> not the right gender. <laughs> all I could think of is the one i just said who is a charlize theron but also she would need too old for the role she, no a young charlize theron <laughs> doesn't work that way also at, at some points in the book she's like in her 40s so she could they could just make her look younger and then make her look older oh i know exactly who i want to play her who speaking of mean girls right so when it rains my my, my breasts tell me it rains that one karen Karen, the girl who plays Karen in real life. What's her name? I don't remember her name. She's so I know pretty. Who you're talking about though. Uh, she technically it should be a Spanish actress though. Oh, you're right. You're right about that. Hmm. Like maybe like Penelope, a young Penelope Cruz with blonde hair. Oh, maybe Lily Rose yeah. Depp. Is she Spanish? She's. I don't know, but she's Johnny got Depp's that like daughter. exotic-y look. No. No. I'm pretty sure she's just white. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, her mother's very French. So, yeah, she's not Spanish. Her yeah. mother's French. Okay. Uh, hmm. I know. I feel like every time we do this, I'm like, I don't know any actresses or actors anymore. Okay. I wanted to be Cameron Diaz, but she's too old for the role. Okay. Just but say a young Cameron Diaz. Here we are. Fine. Or Sofia Vergara. Mm. Uh, I don't know for the men. I really don't. Yeah, I don't either. I don't want to throw anybody in there who I find handsome for Don because that'll ruin it for me. I know, even though he was supposed to be like the most handsome person. No. Listen, I, I don't know if anybody's here has ever watched True Blood, but I did. And I was in I love with Eric. Alexander Skarsgård, yes. In love yes. with that man. Like, I think I was like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to like this show. And then when he came on with his long ass hair, the vampire shit, I was like, holy shit, yes. <laughs> uh, and then I watched him. Yeah, he's so, <laughs> so beautiful, man. Yeah, That's a beautiful man. But then I watched him in Pretty Little, what is it? Not Pretty yes. Little Lies. Uh, no. Big, big Little Lies? Big, big Little Lies. Big, what a I good series. That was good. And that yes, was? he was a horrible human. But he was he was like an abuser and he was horrible. And I was like, God damn it, you're ruining him for me. <laughs> and you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, I don't want to put anybody in the role that I like. So it'll yeah. ruin it for me. Because yeah. now every time I see him, I'm like, oh, I can't. I hate him now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he played that role so well. Yeah. Um, you really hate him in that. That's a very good series. I think it's like a two-part miniseries, two, two um, yeah. seasons or whatever. Two seasons. Excellent. Yeah. And, of course, Meryl Streep. Yeah, please. <laughs> I'm, you know, Meryl's the best. Yeah, um, we could put Meryl in the role too. Actually, as her older self, she would yeah. play it really well. Yeah, she would. She would. What? What about Celia? Did we say? No, we didn't. Who's who's, who's like that, a wholesome? Yeah, who's that blonde actress that was on that show that was based on the comic strip Riverdale? I think her name's Lily something. 
She's like, she looks very wholesome. Hold on. Let me look this up. Yeah. I never watched it, but I've seen like, it's on Netflix. Like you see it sometimes and they'll show the trailers. I don't know. She's, she's blonde, blue eyes. She's, she plays Betty. I just looked this up. I don't know what her name is. Oh, Lily Reinhardt. She has a very wholesome look to her. And I think that she could play Celia. Oh yeah. She just popped up. Yeah. She's cute. Yeah. We'll go with that. Okay. Yeah, that works. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. <laughs> There's our casting. All right. For when the movie uh, comes out soon. Yeah. We think. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> also, um, can we have Lenny Kravitz play the Mick guy? Okay. The Mick Riva. No, no, he's not Spanish. We need Spanish I don't care. Guys. Honestly, I don't care. <laughs> I feel like he's the perfect person for that role. Um, he he is the hottest rock star of all time. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> right? What is it about Lenny Kravitz? God damn it. Doug also, gets upset. But every time I'm like, he's the hottest. He's so hot. Still. Still but, he's hot. But also because he seems like a genuinely nice person. And I think that makes him hotter. I have nothing bad to say about Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. All right. Well, let's tell everybody what's <laughs> coming up soon. <laughs> All right. Well, next Tuesday, that's going to be February 20th. We're going to continue our month of love novels by reviewing Abby Jimenez's romance novel, Yours Truly. And then join us again this Thursday, February 15th for another party episode. Oh, Margot Robbie, we didn't even think of. She could play the role, too. She could. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Sorry. And remember... Getting back to it, <laughs> that our book club book and book of the month for February is one and the same, Christina Lauren's Love and Other Words. And that episode will air on February 28th. So be sure to read along with us and get ready to discuss this month's book selection. All right. Another episode in the books. Another one down. We'll see you guys soon. We're Bye. Here, hear you guys soon. <laughs> or you'll hear us. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> For everyone just tuning in, this is what you can expect from our podcast. We'll be releasing new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, and we'll have a new book of the month on the last Wednesday of every month. We encourage you to reach out to us with thoughts, ideas, questions, and feedback. You can reach us at She's All Booked Podcast at gmail.com. As always, all books we review will be available at our link in bio or by visiting linktr.ee slash she's all booked. We do make a small commission from any purchases you make using that link. So thank you to all who support us. And of course, we want to say thank you to all of our listeners. We really appreciate each and every one of you. If no one told you today, you're important and valued. You belong here. You're doing great. And we believe in you. This chapter may be over, but the story goes on. So stick a bookmark in us. Ouch. And we'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening to my mommy and Aunt Alex.